What up, Snapback fam? On this episode of Snapback Sports Pod, Nikola Jokic wins MVP and Tom Thibodeau wins Coach of the Year. We do a recap and check-in on the second round of the NBA playoffs. The Pirates, why can't you guys touch first base? We rank the top wide receiver duos in the NFL. And then finally, we talk about a food opinion that will have people throwing rocks at your head. Snapback fam, new app. The Baltimore Ravens select... Lamar Jackson. I'm a Raven. His own. All year. Every year. Jackson takes it himself. Oh! He broke his ankles! A play! Oh, by James! Auburn's gonna win the football game! Auburn's gonna win the football game! For the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. Bryant with the jumper. He What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Settleman. Joining me today, and as always, my co-host and longtime best friend, Abe Granoff. Abe, what is on your mind today? You know what, Jack? Uh, rough start to the week, I'll admit it, right? The Sixers lose on Sunday, kind of just a bad juju going into the week. Parlay that into it just being Monday. And then you factor in the weather that we're having on the East Coast this week. Jack, I went through four shirts on Monday. Four. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'm not sure if you're going to take that as a positive or a negative. It's no. too damn hot out. I went through four shirts on Monday. There was one from working out. I went to the supermarket and carried bags back. That was one. That was soaked. I had to walk to a buddy's in the middle of Philly. That was soaked. Um, and then I went through a shirt later in the day. But so Monday, awful. The weather's just been brutal all week in the rain. Finally, we're starting to turn it around, right? The Sixers get a win last night. Um, it's hump day. It's a little cooler out. I got my liquids going here. I got my coffee. I got a water bottle. I never really drink coffee during the episode. So that's something to look out for because uh, I think we all know what coffee does to the digestive system. So just oh, keep an eye out for I, I thought you were going to be more amped up. I'm kind of bummed. No, you. no. I'm talking about my, my bowels, my gotcha. bowel movement. But the okay. point is, the week started off shitty. It's a five-day week. It's a four-quarter game. you got to play the whole game. So we're turning it around. And, uh, I'm hyped for the second half of this week. I feel like the analogy there was, you know, it's a seven-day week, seven-game series, and you got to play all nah, seven. Nah, because the weekend's always the weekend's always great. But right. I get what you're saying. Seven right. days, seven games. Mm-hmm. Damn, yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of botched that. Okay. Oh, well. All right, well, speaking of bowel movements, Taco Bell was running a commercial when Nikola Jokic was drafted. They didn't even have footage of Jokic getting picked. They didn't have the backup commissioner announcing his name. Just a cheesy gordita crunch. And now, whoa, Nicola, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cheesy, cheesy gordita crunches are fantastic. Yeah, no, no, no. There was absolutely no hate there. I was just saying, uh, you know, Jokic, lowest drafted player to ever win the Most Valuable Player Award, MVP, Nikola Jokic, 41st pick in the 2014 draft. And we're going we're gonna to discuss this because I know that right now, today, 169, nice, on hump day, nice. You nice, could potentially nice. say that Joel Embiid is the best player in the world. After the Nets play the Bucks tomorrow night, you could say Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. For a, a three-day stretch last week, Luka Doncic is the best player in the world. But the Most Valuable Player Award was correctly given to Nikola Jokic. And honestly, it wasn't close. I was kind of shocked at how the votes came out. I thought there would be a little more Curry love. I thought there would actually be a lot more Chris Paul love. But it was a blowout. Jokic wins the award. I don't want to hear about the most available player. He was spectacular. And I want to give him credit because a lot of people, you know, they say it's a regular season award. Then they try and kind of back switch it in the playoffs. He just beat a Portland team that he had no business beating. He's the main cog in that machine. So I want to give credit where credit is due to Nikola Jokic. He's a spectacular player and deserved the award without a doubt. Jack, you're, you're a sweet boy. You know that? Your mother raised your family raised you right. You're a sweet boy. I would like to thank Nick. I would like to congratulate Nikolo Jokic on showing up to school every day this year, 8 a.m. at his desk, ready to go. Uh, congratulations to Nikolo Jokic on winning the perfect attendance award. Anyone with with two eyes can tell you that most valuable player isn't Nikolo Jokic, but that's not how the award is awarded. He had the numbers. He had the narrative behind him with. Murray goes down. He only um, propels his game a little bit more. And you know what? Good for Jokic. But the point is that the NBA regular season MVP hasn't won a finals MVP in, I think, 15 years. 
So yeah. well, he's not Nicolo, winning the congratulations, congratulations on the trophy. Um, bullshit, but nonetheless. Yeah, see, I'm not, I'm not buying any of that. If you want to talk bullshit, we can talk about the fact that you were pumping your chest all season long. Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid got one first place vote. And Derek Rose... <laughs> Receive one first place vote. The Knicks, eighth and ninth place in the MVP voting. Like I said, it really wasn't close, and that vote for Rose was a fan vote, so it wasn't a yeah, right. I don't, I don't understand that. How, how does a fan just sneak his vote in there? No, I think it was a, like a group vote of fan. I'm not really sure to be honest. Um, but even if it was just a writer, like I would have loved for that person to keep their vote. Like every year, for them to just pick the most off the wall kind of guy. Uh, Rose was awesome, but to get an MVP, to get more MVP votes than LeBron James and Giannis is just spectacular. So, um, yeah, I, I did. I was a little surprised by the final voting. I thought it would be a few more votes in Curry and Chris Paul's direction, but I'm glad it wasn't because Jokic. Yeah, no, I am very glad that a player that didn't make the playoffs didn't get that many votes for most valuable player. That's how I feel about Steph Curry. So it's that type of energy. You guys win one game. It's not that. It's not. No, it's not that type of energy. It's the guy didn't make the playoffs, and he's the most valuable player. Yeah, that's very fair. That is very fair. I mean, did LeBron James make the playoffs? Barely. He didn't get any votes. Giannis, he looks like he could be skating his way out of the playoffs. Didn't get many votes. Russell Westbrook barely made the playoffs. He got some votes. It was just a, it was a strange year. Like you said, Jokic took advantage of a few injuries, but that doesn't sell what he did short. He was spectacular. First MVP to play the entire season since Kobe Bryant won the MVP um, some odd 10-plus years ago. So you got, like, we can joke about the attendance, but it is quite impressive. Um, so shouts to that. And then the other award that came out was Coach of the Year. Tom Thibodeau wins the award over Monty Williams. Monty Williams receives a few more first-place votes. Tibbs takes the second-place category by a nice margin, which propelled him into the Coach of the Year. I'm not going to lie, I was pretty shocked by this. I thought Monty Williams... Was going to get it. They're second in the West. They're making a playoff run. Uh, everyone loves Monty Williams. But I don't disagree with this decision. So before I go into it, Abe, what do you think? I don't, I don't disagree with it either, honestly. I think the worst thing that happened for Monty Williams' case as coach of the year was going 8-0 in the bubble last year. And I know that sounds very Kurt Helen of me, right? Attributing last year's, whatever happened last year, <laughs> to a this year award. I know that's very Kurt of me. But... Like, I don't know, all Bleacher Report, ESPN, Sports Center, yada, 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 snapback. Just kidding. They're posting after the Suns go 8 0 in the bubble, like, Monty and Booker are building something here. And it kind of in, in put in people's head that the Suns were on their way just because they went 8 0 in the bubble. But when you take a step back and look at what the Suns did before this year, they won, like, I don't know, 20 games. But it's that 8-0 that people remember and that's stuck in people's head. And then they go out and get Chris Paul. And then they do literally the craziest turnaround. Like, it's the exact opposite turnaround of what happened when LeBron would leave the Cavs both times. They'd go from the best team in the league or a top team to picking fourth or fifth in the lottery. And they that's what they did with Chris Paul when they get him. Now they're the second seed in the West, um, up 1-0 on the Nuggets right now. So I'm not surprised that I actually wouldn't have had a problem with either coach getting it, to be fair. It's like we talked about the Knicks this year as a bottom five team. Their win total was 22 wins, and Thibs had these guys, not a talented roster (laughs) to this day. Julius Randle, a good third piece, not an an all-NBA MVP one. He got the most out of his guys every day and, and made them buy into it. And I and I think you saw Tibbs' effect really in the crowd at Madison Square Garden. Like you're that franchise, still a joke, but like kind of made a name for themselves this year. And I think more than anything, that's why Tibbs got it, is because Monty, it was a little bit more expected. They get Chris Paul, okay, it's time to do a little something. The second seed obviously isn't wasn't expected at all, but to go from a bottom five projected team to the four seed, I know they didn't win a playoff series, but it doesn't count towards the award. 
I kind of think they got it right with Dibs. I, I totally agree. I mean, I'm looking at a graph right now. The Suns were the second in the league. NBA wins above, below preseason total projections from Vegas. The Knicks are the first by about 40%. I mean, they're barely on the chart. It's insane. Like you just said, for all those reasons, you can see the impact Tibbs made, right? Like you went from one of the worst teams defensively to letting up the least amount of points per game. And I think what obviously hampered Monty Williams was that Chris Paul came in and it's like, who do we give credit to, right? And you kind of saw right. it, it, you know, Monty got a little credit, so maybe Chris gets less MVP votes and Booker too. Like, they have Chris Paul. They have DeAndre Aiden, who's the number one pick. They have Devin Booker. They have Mikhail Bridget. Like, those four players could all be better than, than every player on the Knicks, save for Randall. So um, I think Tibbs absolutely deserved the award. I was excited to see it. And don't get it twisted, people. Like, Monty did get the the most first place votes, so it's not like people didn't want him to get it. But I think it just got split up. I don't think Quinn Snyder necessarily deserved it. I really think that uh, it was those two guys in the race, and they got the right guy. But I was pleasantly surprised. So shouts to Tibbs. I was upset that Doc only got fourth and not third. That's Uh, over Quinn Snyder. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Eh, First both, year with the guys. Yeah, but b- both are one seed, so it's tough not to that say. I, not that I literally give a shit, yeah. honestly. Like, it's like talking about Julius and D. Rose as eighth, eighth and ninth in the MVP race, but I don't know. That rubbed me the wrong way. I just hate Quinn Snyder's face, too. I yeah, hate everything that, about the Jazz. That, that, like, fe- that feels very personal. Um, yeah. While we're, I won't lose sleep over it. Yeah, but just, while we're on that topic, as we talk a little second round NBA, Ben Simmons wins Rookie of the Year, and I think for a couple of years took a sizable gap over Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell, you know, a volume shooter, really just a mm-hmm. scorer in his early years, mm-hmm. and now we've seen their offensive games just go in completely different directions. It feels like Ben's offensive game hasn't really improved in about a year and a half. He's a good passer. Really good passer. Transition, he's great. But in the half court, I mean, he barely is looking at the hoop. And then Donovan Mitchell is coming out. And efficiency has rose. And he's become a better passer and a better you know, pick-and-roll player. And they're attacking. I, I know you didn't see the game last night. But your boy Luke Kennard <laughs> was being targeted. Oh, I, 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 always, I always have tabs on my boy Luke. Okay, yeah. He was being targeted late last night, which we can discuss that later. But um, right now. Ben's defensive impact versus Donovan's offensive impact. Where do you like see those two guys heading forward uh, in the okay. league? Okay, here we go. Let's pump the brakes. First off, we all know what the defender that Ben Simmons is. I mean, look at his impact last night in the game alone. Trey Young when guarded by Ben. Four points, two of six from the field, oh of two from three, four assists, three turnovers. That's what he did with Ben Simmons. And what was the reason the Sixers lost game one? Ben Simmons wasn't guarding Trey Young. There's the impact right away. People get so infatuated with box score watching. Like, NBA ratings are down, right? People are watching the box scores. People are checking on their bet slips. So they don't watch games. Like, And that's what hurts Ben Simmons the most. And, yes, don't get me wrong. Donovan Mitchell took an extra step this year, improved his efficiency to an astounding 43% from the field. So credit to Donovan Mitchell for doing that. Are you going to sit here and ask me, is that what you're doing right now? Are you asking me Donovan Mitchell or Ben Simmons? Yeah, I don't think it's like a, I, I would actually bet you, I would bet you a large amount of money that the majority of people prefer Donovan Mitchell. Now, I'm Correct. not saying, I'm the not majority saying majority of people on planet earth are stupid as well. Yeah, but I, it, you're making it seem as if it's no conversation at all. You guys in Philly, you're very, very biased to Ben, when in reality, I'm I'm willing to acknowledge how special of a defender Ben is. But I also watch Ben under the hoop, and like he, he literally does not look at the hoop, and that's a liability offensively. And he's, you know, he's one hamstring injury away from not being able to move, and then he's Draymond Green. So all I'm saying is... Oh you know, my God, that escalated quickly. All, all I'm saying... No, but seriously, it's like, I, I think you guys give Ben appropriate amount of love but ben and donovan will always be kind of in philly fans eyes at least pitted against each other no 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 and so i i've just heard a lot of spider slander and i think you know you mentioned the 43 percent whatever 
Donovan Mitchell is third in the NBA in playoff points per game, right? Since he's come in the league, which I was like, oh, that's nothing that crazy. 27 and a half per game. He's playing 28 playoff games. Like we're now at a sample size where I'm confident enough to say this kid shows up in the big games. Um, And, and you just want that type of player. It's, we see it every year. Giannis versus KD, like Giannis during the regular season, bully ball, great defensive player, but like come playoff time, like Kevin Durant's giving you buckets. That's the type of player that exceeds in the playoffs. So uh, we shall see. We shall see. But yeah. I just thought but it, like was a, surprisingly it was an appropriate enough, time. Surprisingly enough, as much as you see Ben Simmons in the national media getting criticized and all this stuff, sure, Philly fans are some of the most biased towards him. They're also the hardest on him. And the last time I remember Ben Simmons faced off against Donovan Mitchell – Ben Simmons, not a scorer. Ben Simmons, 40 points. That's all. I mean, okay. That was a regular season game in, in yeah, February, okay. but whatever. Uh, Sixers, get, <laughs> Sixers get game two. Uh, we're, we're actually heavier favorites for the series than we were before game one. So lost, lost, well, lost home court advantage and now bigger favorites heading into game three. It doesn't actually make sense. But if you understand how, you know, the Sixers are just a better team than the Hawks, then it makes sense in that world. Uh, there's like, I, I think we need to get this done in five. I'll be disappointed if we don't. Yeah. Um, was I nervous going into last night? Truthfully, no. Truthfully, no. I knew it was a must win, all this stuff. Um, but I wasn't nervous at all. And I know it got close at times, but I never really felt worried throughout the game. The performance that Joel Embiid put on last night was just downright silly. Downright silly on both ends on a torn meniscus. And I'm going to keep using that torn meniscus excuse until I I can't (laughs) use it anymore. Just because it makes everything that much cooler. Um, Look, Doc made the adjustments. Obviously, Shake came in. Just proves furthermore that bullying works. Sixers Twitter has been bullying Shake Milton and going at him for the last month and a half. And rightfully so. Um, but bullying in sports works. It worked with Shake last night coming out and being the old Shake Milton that we all knew. It worked in New York with bullying Alfred Payton out of the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that was a good decision or not is still decision. up for debate um, because I think you, you don't guys question lost every... the coach of the year's decision ever. Can I ask you a question? Can we revisit that decision though? Sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. But with Alfred Payton out of the starting lineup, the Knicks didn't win a game, right? That's correct. And they went on the how long of a win streak with him in the starting lineup during the regular season? Nine game. And their record with Alfred Payton in the starting lineup in the playoffs was? One and one. Gotcha. So, coach of the year, rightfully so, but it's just something to visit with. Mm, Um, No, it's not. I'm glad glad you brought that up, though. We're we're definitely going to move past that. I will say the playoffs are crazy because as dominant as you guys were last night, you only led by two late in the third quarter. And so, you know, the Hawks are going to stick around. It's probably why they'll get a game off you uh, in Atlanta or at some point in the series. The question will be, you know, can the Sixers close out in six or do we have to play a game seven back in Philly? I don't think it ends in five anymore, um, but kind of do. I No, it it could, but, like, the Hawks could easily have, you know, just a silly shooting night again. Trey Young, you know, one for seven. It's actually not crazy that he shot one for seven from three because he's a super inefficient three-point shooter. But there will be a night where he probably goes, you know, four for eight and then scores 30-plus and can deliver them a win because that's what the playoffs are. Like, these teams, there's not a massive, massive gap. You guys are obviously the better team, but it's not like they can't win a game. Since Nate McMillan took over for the Hawks, the Sixers and the the Hawks have the same record. And they're the best teams in the East. So yeah, so I'm not, I'm not, I know we lost game one and it's 1-1 now. I think this. I I just don't think they have a chance. Yeah, I, I I've been with you on that. As long as as long as stipulation, as long as the Joel feels all right after every yeah, game, course. that'll of be course. that'll be a thing hanging over our head for the rest of the playoffs. Unfortunately, of course. Uh, Nets Bucks. Nets take a two zero series lead over the Bucks. Bucks four point favorites on Thursday night against the Nets. So what does this tell me? that the Bucks played really, really poorly in Brooklyn, and Vegas is convinced that they are the better team without James Harden, or at least, you know, of equal standing. So do you think the Bucks have a chance to get back into the series? No. 
I don't. What, what? How long are we going to keep doing this with Giannis? You know what I mean? But it's Actually, not, it hasn't Kendrick, been a Giannis thing. Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins. No, it was. In the, in the first half of game two, he was absolutely brutal. He was getting stood up by Blake Griffin in no, the lane. He no, wasn't being I, his I, dominant I, self. I'm cutting this off. This series is not on Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, if no, want, this series. No, but like, if you want to ask the real question, how long are we going to be doing this, right? Because we said Devin Booker couldn't lead us into the playoffs when he was playing with DeAnthony Melton and Dario Sarge, right? And then you actually put good players next to him. How long are we going to do this with two people? One, Mike Budenholzer. We know Budenholzer. Obviously oh, I mean, we, we should have okay. stopped doing that but, two years ago. But two, it's absolutely time to have the Chris Middleton conversation. I don't care how efficient you are. He's not the number two guy in, in Milwaukee, and he can't be the number two guy on a championship team. And that's become very, very evident, very, very clear. Oh, he's, how he's, the tides have turned on, that, on your, well, your stance with that. No, I, I was a big Middleton fan. I gave him a couple postseasons, and then it's just very clear that he's not the guy. He's He reminds me a lot of Tobias Harris. He's a clear oh, number whoa, three whoa, guy, whoa, whoa, whoa. and, you know, some games he'll shoot great, and some games – but outside of that, he, what is he bringing to the table? Um, and I think that's where when you're facing a team, you know, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you're facing teams with serious threats right there. It's just t- – like – that to me well, is sir. the issue in Milwaukee. You know what? I have to give credit to Kendrick Perkins. I do. He said something about Giannis and Paul George, either today, yesterday, whatever, and it really stuck out to me. Giannis and Paul George are first team all. Oh, I'm gonna botch this quote. It's like we know who they are, or something. Like I know you're saying you're not putting this this uh, series on Giannis, and that's fine. He had a great game one. Game two, 18 on 15 shots. He was awful in the first half. He let the game get away from them. And Jack, whether it's not Chris, I know Chris Middleton is absolutely abysmal, has barely hit any shots in these first two games. But when you lose the way that the Bucks did, almost by 50 at a point yeah. in the playoffs, Shaq and Chuck, or Chuck said, that's hard to do. It is hard to lose by 50 points in an NBA playoff game. Now, they only lost by 39 at the end, but like that was just garbage yeah, time. Yeah, no, they, they got And that's got to fall on Giannis. That's got to fall on Giannis at some point. He, I understand like you're playing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. There's not much you can do. And the, and the, the Nets the other night kind of felt like the Hawks did in game one. Like, okay, maybe they'll miss some at some point. But the Nets haven't really missed this entire playoffs. They're, and not, they're not. I don't know. Miss. When you lose... When you lose the way the Bucks did, you can't not point the finger at Giannis, in my opinion. I, I, that's and, and the how, thing to me. How that's many, how many more me. times are we giving this guy a chance? He's going to be on his third head coach in five years or whatever after Bud gets fired. Like, okay. I mean, but it's very clear the strategies they've put in place do not work. The team they've built does not work. With that being said, I think the Bucks can absolutely win game three. And then it starts to get interesting. I truly do believe that on paper, the Bucks are the better basketball team than the Nets minus James Harden. Now, I, the, now the, I've been saying the Bucks were going to win this series and they right. just showed me literally nothing. Cause I actually thought that too. I thought top to bottom, they were a better team. And finally, after X amount of years of fall, like they'll finally figure it out. They finally didn't take the regular season that seriously and go out and win 65 games. They're saving it all for the playoffs. Like, this is finally going to be the time where the Bucks turn it around. It's the same thing every year. But it's it's so early. They held a 2-0 lead in a conference finals. They, they've seen what it takes to blow it. They've also seen what it takes to come back against it. The Clippers were down 0-2 going on the road. Um, but, yeah, I, it's a problem. And to your point on Giannis losing by 50, I don't know. To me, it's, that completely kind of goes against itself. No player can turn a 50-point game around. You know, if it's a 10-point, 12-point loss, maybe he could have a massive, massive impact. But you lose by 50. That's just pretty much saying, like, the Bucks were miserable. It got away from them. The Nets are lethal. If James Harden comes back, by the way, it's a wrap. We can. No one has to watch the finals. We can all head to the beach for the rest of the summer. I don't care mm-hmm. about the matchup okay. with the Sixers. I thought that way about the Bucks. It's, it's toast. Um, the rise of Blake Griffin has been insane. Joe Harris is a sniper. I mean, he's just getting wide open threes. He's the best three-point shooter uh, left in the playoffs potentially right now. So the Nets are the best team in the league. All that's pending 
is, as we discussed, is that little ligament from his right tush to the back of his right knee. So if Harden's back by the conference finals, it's it's unfortunately roses and uh, sweet dreams for everyone else. Nuggets, Suns. Nuggets, Suns. Nuggets go down 0-1. Suns, actually the Nuggets played pretty well in game one. It just got away from them, similar to the Bucks nets series. Suns go on this massive round. Phoenix looked amazing. Chris Paul's shoulder apparently fully healed. I don't know if you if you got to see any of the game, but the Suns, man, I, I'll keep harping on it. Upgrade them man, from cuties. I, you're, you're preaching to the choir, man. I am We're a full-on in the West. I am a Suns fan. We're feeling good. How about that crowd? How about oh. Phoenix? Phoenix? I owe them some credit because I, before this or last year, for a multitude of re- reasons, their on-court performance – their irrelevance to the league, their fans, I would have called the Suns a fake franchise. Mm. But I'm seeing something, and it's not even from the basketball team, right? We've seen it from the basketball team all year. The Suns got a crowd. The Suns that, that's a, absolutely. That's a, that's a fun arena to play in, it, it looks like. Uh, listen, man, like I said, I'm fully in on CP3 having a finals patch on his jersey. I also think this series is done. Listen, the Nuggets have been fun. Ever since Murray went down, they've been a good story. Uh, this is the second round of the playoffs. Good stories don't really last this long. This isn't March Madness. You know what I mean? This is the uh, NBA playoffs. I'm so with you, and I think we sleep on Jokic and the Nuggets like every year. Like we pick the no, Blazers think, every year, yeah, and then like they're the team that gets knocked out early, and then we pick against the Nuggets, and like they always find a way. And even in the next round, they always find a way to stretch it. So that's why I picked the Suns in seven for the series. But when I really took a step back and you look at it, I mean, in game one, Aiton matched Jokic punch for punch. It was a literal wash in terms of statistics. And then the edge in the series is the guard play and, and the major gap between the guards. You were supposed to get that with Damon CJ in the first round, but CJ didn't show up. And you know second round, Booker and CB3 versus Compazzo and Austin Rivers. And Who Monty the hell Moore, is Frank you know? Compazzo? And can I have a it's large Fa- Sicilian, it's, please? It's Faku Compazzo. He's Argentinian. What's his name? Faku. Faku? It's Facundo Compazzo. He's the man. He's just, you know, he's just not on Chris Paul and Devin Booker's level. He's a little Ricky Rubio type. He's a bench guard who hustles. But, you know, he's just got thrust into the starting role. And then, you know, the one X factor is obviously Ken Michael Porter Jr. pouring 30 a night. And when you can throw length and strength with Bridges and Crowder, it's just it matches up so well oh, for like the that. Suns. I like that. Length, length and strength. And strength. I, I kind of like that, too. We should I get that, like uh, that on a tee. But, yeah, I, I've kind of downgraded it to Suns in five, potentially, now. But, once again, I'm sure Jokic and the Nugs will surprise us. They can score in bunches, so we shall see. But feel really good about the Suns getting out of that round. Other Western I Conference... I don't really think it's close. Yeah. I no, I could see it close. in five. I could see it in seven. Uh, that's the fun of the playoffs. Clippers, Jazz. Jazz come back, take game one. PG, terrible. Kawhi, pretty bad. They both had a little spur in the fourth. Ended up, you know, coming down to the last shot of the game. But I, this Jazz team, man, without Mike Conley, gets the win. Uh, I really, I, nope, I, nope, I, we're not doing it, dude. Nope. I'm t- you can't, Jack. You. you can't buy into every team left in the playoffs. I no, I, I've, I've been selling stocks slowly on the Clippers since the end of the regular season. Turnover, all that stuff. Um, I'm telling you, the Jet. The problem is. The Jazz three points efficiency yeah. and the way yeah. they shoot it is I would so you you're like without a doubt you take the Clippers in the series. Well, I mean that's harder. It's a harder pedestal to stand on today, considering the fact they have to win four and the Jazz have to win three. I Listen, would okay. I'll take this with you. I'll take this bet with you. I'll take. I think the Jazz have a better chance in playing the NBA Finals than the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't think that's I, that's I think that's a good bet. Okay. Like, I, like, All right. So they have the Nets in there. They have the best team in the league in their in their conference that they still have to go to. Okay. The Jazz so, are, but you're um, very. Con- I mean, you're telling me to to calm down with the Jazz, but you're very confident you got no, you know in what? the finals. The Jazz. I just can't wrap my head around the Jazz playing in a like. Listen, Mitchell had 45 last night on 30 shots. He's being a little bit more efficient, but the market always corrects itself. Gobert, 10 points. Like, 
I understand the jazz style of play. But dude, you can't give me a whole six minutes on Ben Simmons and then say Gobert 10 points. Gobert is so massive for that team. It's unbelievable. He blocks the game one, the game time shot. He's a, a threat in the pit. Like he is so pivotal. <sighs> people, people actually think he's the best player on that team, which is insane to me because, you know, like I said, people are stupid. People are stupid. But the thing with the jazz is, and that's why they're such a, a threat is just whenever the ball is moving, they're going to find the open shooter. Like this team just shoots so many threes and it's similar to the Rockets yeah. a few years ago. Like the Rockets yeah. played five out. Like they Great lived call. and died by the three. But when will the the Jazz die by the three? You know what I mean? Like the Rockets in game seven died by the three. They missed twenty million straight. But <laughs> but but it has that kind of feel to it where it's like Yes, I love that. That like like one time like the Jazz are gonna lose a game because they don't hit shots. And then they're gonna lose a game because Kawhi and Paul George are on the other end. Like to me, there's not enough balance there for me to be so overly confident in the Jazz, whereas the Clippers have guys like Kawhi, I know playoff P and all that, but it's still Paul George, where it's like, I'm going to trust the guys that I know for a fact can can do this regardless of who's around them versus the team that's kind of new to the scene and new to all this success and is just living and dying by their style of play. I could eat my words. I yeah. could. We, but that's just how about I feel about the Jazz. A bit on the stream last night, so I'm curious what your take is. You know, we like to look at fake franchises. We look like to look at historical we lo- data. No, we love, right? yeah, we we love, love to look at fake franchises. And and when you look at historical data, right? Like we we pick a lot on the back of like, well, LeBron James is going to the finals, right? Because he, you know, it's a really good bet that he will end up getting there historically. And so even as players change, like I'm not talking like 1950, right? And you look at those types of trends, but like now it's you know you're you're at a spot where the Sixers are the most recent team to win a title it was 30 years ago, right? So now like what are we basing a lot of these instincts on? Um, how much do we take into account? Like the Clippers just struggle to get over that hump; they can't even get to a conference final. Um, now everyone's kind of in that category, and there's really only two players left in the entire dance that have shown that they know how to get there. It's Kevin Durant. And it's Kawhi Leonard. So if that's why you're picking the Clippers, totally get it. But I just feel like we're we're kind of on a blank slate of like Dude, anything can happen. Dude, you're right. Because truthfully, the worst thing to happen, the reason why that the term cutie has been invented mm-hmm. and the reason why fake franchises exist are is because of LeBron James and 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 the Warriors and what they did. They what happened between the years of like LeBron's reign and then the Warriors legitimately brainwashed NBA fans to the point where now, including myself, right hand up, I cannot really accept one of these teams like shocking you hate people the coming new. out and you hate the new. It, it's just like your brain isn't used to it. Like my brain's yeah. not going to be used to single digits in the NFL this year. My brain's not going to be used to seventeen games in the NFL. It takes a year or two of adjusting to accept that. There's more than just two or three teams in the NBA and two or three players that can do this, right? Exactly. It's like LeBron is such an anomaly to the history of basketball and what he did and what he's doing. I'm not going to say did. I know you would. But it's like it doesn't allow our brain to accept change. And that's what how I feel literally with the entire Western Conference so, right so, now. Yeah, so the first step is acknowledgement. Now the second step, Abe, is we're going to have to figure out if you can get over that hump and accept a team like the Jazz. No, uh, I've already to... accepted the Suns. That's, right. that's all I Okay, need. It's, it's enough one. for you? It's, it's overload at this point? Yeah, Clippers <laughs> or Suns. All right, so as, as we currently stand, then we'll take a quick break. Hawks, Sixers, that series ends. Philly in? 5.34. Okay, Nets, Bucks, that series ends in? Five. Nugget, five. Nugget-Suns. That series ends Suns in? Five. Okay. Clippers-Jazz. That series ends in? Clippers in six. Okay. All right. I'm probably Sixers in five. I think I'm actually Nets in seven. I, I wow. really... 
I you really just love Giannis. You just do. No, no, no. I really think I, it's really. I'm just basing it off the spread. Like they're they're begging you to take Brooklyn, and once that series is two one, I just don't see how Brooklyn's so good. But also, I think my brain can't quite understand or comprehend like how Blake Griffin's better than Chris Middleton in in a series so far. Right, that's like the X factor to it all. So if that play continues, I think it is Nets and five. But I think the Bucks have life as long as Harden is out. I think Suns now, I do have him in five. And I think I'm going Jazz in seven. I, re- I really wanted to pick them pre-series. I, I didn't think they'd be able to get over the... I thought the Clippers kind of climbed that mountain. But this Jazz team, man, the way... like I love that you compared them to the Rockets. Because that Rockets team beats pretty much every team in the league except for the Warriors. And they still almost beat them. And Chris Paul got hurt. And I think it's a very fine comparison now. They did have James Harden, so that's a different story. But right. we're, we're going to take a quick break. After the break, we're ranking the top wide receiver duos in the NFL, talking and making fun of the Pirates, and then a food opinion that will have people throwing guns, throwing rocks at your head. We'll be right back. All right, fam, we are back. Let's rank the top wide receiver duos in the NFL in honor of Julio Jones Rocking the number two. Did you like that, Abe? Number two, AJ keeps the number 11? I'm telling you, I don't like any of the single digits. I think it's cool looking, but I'm too stupid. Okay. Uh, My number three wide receiver duo, and I kind of picked this for what I think we'll be saying after this year. So maybe. Oh, we didn't. That wasn't fair. You know, not necessarily. You know what, actually? All right, no, I'm cool with that, actually. Okay, because I think just going into it's kind of boring. Like, everyone can just look at, I think, project it out. So, number three, I'm going Coop and CeeDee Lamb. Now, Dak Prescott is back. Amari Cooper, still super young wide receiver. You saw what those guys were doing. CeeDee Lamb really showed out second half of last season. He's a spectacular talent. Um, so I like, I like that Dallas wide receiver duo and Michael Gallup said it. I mean, they're going to be really tough to stop if they get a little blocking. Michael Gallup said it, then shit (laughs) (laughs) must be true. Um, you love the Cowboys. You just do. You, you love the, you love buying into the America's team. And I don't even think it's anything to do with the Eagles. Honestly, I think you just genuinely like the Cowboys, like the the big names. No, well, I took Dak MVP last year, and I think he would have had a fair run at it if they, you know, if he didn't get hurt. So it kind of just attached me to them. Now it doesn't uh, yes, hurt. The old, the old, he was the MVP through four weeks of the season. So was Russell Wilson. He didn't get a vote. So. I mean, Dak Prescott should have won MVP regardless. You saw the way their offense <laughs> tanked off after he got hurt. But Coop and CD at three for me. Number three for me, and this helps given that you're going to say after this year. OBJ and Jarvis Landry. Um, yeah, once you said that it's after this year, that kind of saved me a little bit. Listen, are we forgetting what OBJ did in the first five years of his career? Yes. I understand. No, we, we are. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, that's that that. But so, Abe, your brain can't quantify. You know, a new team coming out of the Western Conference, and. It's it's okay just forgetting about the past three full seasons and a torn ACL for Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, I mean, I just love him. Yeah. You know, the Browns are back to being good. They won a playoff game. You, why not, you know? Why not? Baker's on a contract year. If you want the money, chances are you should throw it to your best player. Throw it to OBJ. OBJ and Jarvis. So and keep in mind, keep in mind, Jack made this – ranked with the rules that we couldn't have tight ends in there so. yes of course so so underdog uh best ball drafts you know they're doing best ball mania which is a million dollar first prize 25 dollar entry you draft your team and then there's no waiver wire pickups there's no trades so you got to kind of think about injuries you got to think about upside because it play you draft 18 guys and it auto plays your best lineup so one of the strategies is take like super high upside wide out. So like the Tyler Lockett's of the world who will have 40 in week two and then two in week three. So they counts the 40 point and then hopefully someone else on your team fills in for him in week three. I, I, I actually am on the OBJ train this year in the ha. best ball drafts. With, I'm with you. The reason why I don't like that pick, 
I actually don't think Jarvis Landry is very good anymore. I mean, he's decent, but to put him in the category of like a Pro Bowl wide receiver, uh, I just don't see it. And I definitely don't think the targets will be there this year for him. So I'm on you that I'm still back on OBJ. Sick Instagram posts, workout videos, all that good stuff. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm down on juice, so uh, you gotta on. you gotta be in on you gotta be in on the the little things, the intangibles like YouTube videos, Instagram yeah. videos, oh, captions, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, my number two, AJ and Julio. Listen, AJ and Corey Davis were spectacular together. People love to say like Julio Jones is injury prone and everything, but when Stupid. you go look at yeah. when you go look at the games played in his Pro Football Reference, like no, he's not. He's yeah, not. maybe last year and all this stuff, he had 700 yards. Um, the reason they're two and not one, it's because they're Ryan Tannehill's their quarterback, and I just, I don't know, one of yeah, those, I was, one of I those was... things I still can't wrap my head around. Like the guy was so good in play action because he had Derrick Henry. Like, is their offense going to turn into strictly around Derrick Henry, and then Julio and and AJ will be the beneficiaries of defenses keying in on Derrick Henry? Maybe, but it's like Julio's this run straight throw it as high and far as you can and he'll go find the ball can ryan Tannehill do that third third in the league in uh deep throws last season so yeah because of derrick henry i mean we'll see if i i I was i mean derrick henry's not going anywhere though like you're talking about as if he won't you know that alien won't be in the backfield i was trying to do this not all like i mean factoring in the quarterbacks but like really trying to rank the actual duos um, so I hear you there. My number two, I'm going Jay Jetta and Thielen. I actually think Thielen is fantastic to this day, and Jefferson somehow exceeded him. So what's that say about Justin Jefferson? Now, he's no Jalen Rager, but Justin Jefferson Correct. had quite quite a fi- quite quite a fine rookie year. So I think they're gonna be a special duo this year. I think Thielen can have kind of a bounce back season. There's little rumblings about Kirk and, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson not getting along a ton. So we'll see how that plays out. By little rumblings, do you mean a blatant video of Justin Jefferson getting pissed at Kirk Cousins? Yeah, no, no. So there's that video, but then you didn't hear his interview. You remember the interview that Jefferson did? Yeah, no, did? I remember all that. I was going to yeah, say, okay. my point is they're, they're not little rumblings. They're blatant they're, right in front of your face. Yeah, they're pretty much like we don't want Kirk to be the quarterback. But uh, number one, I actually don't think it's close. Julio Jones missed six game, seven games last season, so he's still playing mm-hmm. nine. In the four seasons prior, he missed four football games, four games in uh, 64. So I feel like that's a really, really healthy player. Julio Jones is the all-time leader in yards per game. Let me say that again. Julio Jones has the most yards per game in NFL history. He's disgusting. And so you mentioned, like, you know, he's a run it deep. Will Tannehill be able Let's not act like it's the only thing. He'll run a curl right into your face, and he doesn't even have to get open. He'll still make the grab. And then the breakout player of the year before Julio even got in town was A.J. Brown. And so a, a lot of people actually think Corey Davis isn't good. Um, I'm kind of with them. Like, I don't think he's that great. Well, now he's on the Jets. So Right, exactly. And now you've replaced him with the all-time leader in yards per game. Okay, so you saw it in the playoff game. The Ravens kind of stifled the run. A.J. Brown goes off in the first drive, but then you you move a lot of double coverage, a lot of shading towards him. You take him out of the game, and then, you know, it's Corey Davis and, and John who's been... Now it's Julio Jones, so that offense will be as special as people think. Once again, on the Titans, I just don't think their defense is good enough to elevate them to where, the, you know, they want to be right now, but you can always fill those holes. So, number one is Julio and A.J. Brown for me. Um, a lot of people will be pissed. No DK and uh, no Tyler Lockett. But as long as Jalen Ramsey keeps fathering DK Metcalf. You're forgetting the best receiving duo in the NFL. Is and that not Chris Godwin and Mike that Evans? Is Chris, that is Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. The Super Bowl champions. Mike, Mike Evans, probably the best red zone threat in the NFL nowadays. Honestly, especially with Brady now. Um, they just won the freaking Super Bowl as mm-hmm. a 1-2. Tom Brady's their quarterback. Like... Godwin had 1,300 yards. Brady comes and he goes down to 840, but like his hands are glue. He's catching it at a 78% rate. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like Mike Evans, maybe his entire career, because he was 
getting the ball thrown to him or thrown to the defense by Jameis Winston. Like people just don't really understand how good this guy is. The guy's been in the league since 2014 and has had at least almost 70 receptions and over a thousand yards every year. He yeah. had 13, 13 touchdowns last year. He can't be stopped in the red zone. You pair that with Chris Godwin, who also catches everything. I don't think it's really close. Like the only other I, duo, I would put other duos up like Kelsey and Hill and all that. But like you're talking about duos. I mean, I haven't seen AJ and Julio yet, and I think they have the potential to be the best. But right now, I'm going to stick to what I know, and that's Godwin and Evans work really freaking well together. Well, Godwin, you know, I'm kind of selling a little bit of his stock just based off of the the tail end of last season. He kind of disappeared. His hands, like you said, were glue. And then all of a sudden he had the drops, especially in the playoffs. Uh, And Mike Evans, yeah, he is one of, if not the most underrated wide receivers in the league. Like you said, 1,000 plus yards in his first eight seasons is, I believe, an NFL record. So he's spectacular. Now the question is, if you put Tom Brady on the Titans and you put Ryan Tannehill on the Bucks, which offense do you think you're rolling with? Obviously, I think I think you're going to roll with the Titans in that scenario. So yeah, that's, obviously, but that's ninety percent because Derrick Henry's there. Well, I, I feel like a little bit of the fact that you have Tom Brady, who who by the way, go if you think that Tom Brady winning the seventh Super Bowl is impressive, it was. Go look at Tom Brady's stats, people. He threw 4,600 yards and 40 touchdowns in the regular season. This guy is, he's actually disturbing. There's no words for him. Um, Quick shout to the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are allergic to first base. A few weeks ago, they try and tag out Baez. Baez essentially runs back home. They score a run. And then last night, Brian Hayes hits a home run. And misses first base. It wasn't like he was jogging around. It looked hey, like we he all wasn't. make mistakes. What's your just quick take on guy hits a home run? Should he even have to run the bases? Yeah, that's kind of the best part about it. I mean, we're looking at Tatis now. Tatis is doing his little dance. But should you be punished third base? just for not like? Uh, I don't know. I get. Uh, it it feels seems boomerish. like something stupid for yeah. a reason, but it's also something stupid not to do. You know what it's I mean? Fair, like. Fair. Everyone has their job, whether it's easy or not. Like, that's the rule of the game. Like, should an NBA game be should an NBA game be determined like because the shot doesn't count because the guy's eighth of an inch of a heel was on the line out of bounds? Like, it's that kind of thing. Like, those are the rules of the game. And if you're stupid enough not to follow them, which apparently the Pittsburgh Pirates are, <laughs> which is just like a laughing like they're making the Orioles Fake look franchise. good. Fake franchise. Um. They are the fakest franchise. They've traded away. I think they've traded away more like five star. Yeah, no, they definitely had Garrett Cole and and other guys. But um, should we continue our baseball chatter? Garrett Cole admitting he's been using substances and now his spin rates. Another 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 guy who I forget who the other list of people was. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Who just blatantly fell asleep during media training, like just. Just lie. lie. Just lie, yeah. dude. That's what everyone does in sports, whether it's in regards to steroids, this, that. Just lie. It's 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 not a it's not a a crime. It's a it's a white lie. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, Until you yeah, get into the courts, rate, tell your lies. Yeah, spin rate, all all this stuff. Yeah, unless there's an oath, do your thing. Which I, <laughs> I don't I don't condone lying. I condone white lying. Okay. Although in this case, I feel like it'd just be a blatant lie. But nonetheless, let's close it out. No sports here. But what is a food opinion that will have people with guns to your head, but that you feel very, very strongly about? Yeah, so this was tough for me because I'm like a genuinely a really good eater. Like I eat every. The only thing is I don't eat. I don't eat tomatoes and I don't eat Indian food. And I haven't even, I've never even tried Indian food, honestly. I just hate the smell and I hate curry flavored stuff. They do a um, lot of orange sauce, but it's not like your typical orange. But it's maybe like curry. We'll it's curry. like curry. Yeah, Listen, yeah. People have been, I don't know. I, it just bugs me out. But anyway, cooked fruit. I'm talking like warm apple pie, blueberries, any type of cooked fruit. That ain't it. Warm mm. fruit, cooked fruit. I, I'm not a huge pie person. I'll only eat pumpkin, key lime, maybe a little lemon meringue. I know it's, I know I'm in the minority with this. But if the fruit is mushy, warm, cooked, grosses me the hell out. 
I'll, I mean, I like blueberry pie, apple pie, all that stuff, but I'll actually give you that take. I could see why someone would not like that because you think of a, a refreshing bowl of fruit or you put it in your yogurt. I'm going to go, I'm going to go eat an apple after we record this episode, right. but if that thing, and ugh. You're not going to warm it up essentially. You're not throwing right. that thing in the microwave. No. So I, you know what? I'll give, I'll give absolute credit to that take. I'd be interested to know from the fam if they agree with that. Uh, mine is mint, mint ice cream should, should be at least at minimum 10 years in jail. You should go through a psychoanalysis. You should uh, pretty much have to live in a home. You know that that if if you really want the refreshing taste of mint, like chew a piece of gum or like go brush your teeth. Don't enjoy one of the pleasantries, which is a, a incredible bowl of ice cream on a hot summer day, and put mint in it. So mm-hmm. I'm fully against Team Mint. Ice cream. I I just the thought of it makes me want to puke. And yeah, listen, I am I am not a mint <clears throat> a mint ice cream person per se. I don't hate it nearly as much as you do. Now I know people who are absolutely obsessed with it, like my beautiful beautiful mother, who would be pulling her ears off her head if if she heard you say that. But I don't I don't really view it like that. But I, there are a lot of mint chocolate chip ice cream apologists. Yeah. No, that and that's why I was excited for this take. Oh, you know because, what I just thought of? What's that? Which is freaking nasty. You know, like spicy candy that you suck on, like the cinnamon yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. No, I'm definitely Ugh. not. I'm definitely not a, a spicy candy fan. I'm also like a chocolate over um, sweet or what you know, like. I like chocolate stuff over Sour Patch Kids or Skittles. Um, not that that's like a super hot take. Nah, yeah. But yeah, mint ice that's cream people. Thing. Like, right. and and I think part of it, just to just to really tag along here, is like, even if, let's say, like you said, you're not fully against it, Abe, but like, what do the circumstances have to be for you to actually end up ordering, like it's your number one choice. I wouldn't, because, I wouldn't order it. I wouldn't right, order because it. you've got chocolate, you've got like cookie dough, cookies and cream. I mean, you've got a rocky road. Like there's a million flavors. There's a million flavors and you're going to supersede them by going with mint chocolate chip. It just, that just can't be it. That just can't I wouldn't be order it, it, but I would have no problem if someone gave me a bowl of, of mint chocolate chip. Okay. All right. Well, any final thoughts before we sign off here, Abraham? (sighs) Same thought as as always, Joel. Keep that knee all right. And uh, let's let's cool down the temperature a bit this weekend. eh? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone have a great weekend. Snapback fam. Much love. Peace.